Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men Podcast. I am Renee Coman, sitting once again in the heart of the Clempire, Snake and Jake's Christmas Club Lounge, with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, thank hey, you hey. for having me. Yeah, well, again, thank you for being here. It's good to be back. Yes, 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 I'm back. I was gone. Yes, you were gone. You must have enjoyed that. Yes, I did enjoy that. Yeah, I actually enjoyed, uh, you know, not having to prepare a podcast that second week, uh, I got to say. I mean, well, I was so busy out there on the road, man. I really had uh, hardly well, any time to do anything. Well, being a serial killer, it makes you busy. It well, can yeah, keep man. you busy. I got out priorities there the out there, Yeah, man. you got, got priorities. got a lot of things, you know, a lot of things on my mind. Where to hide the bodies. How to sure. switch cars. Sure. You know, sure. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm a killer on the road. Yeah, the killer on My the brain road. brain is squirming like a toad. Yeah. So you're back, and you haven't missed much, except it's just, of course, it's just been brutally hot here. Yes. And it's not going to stop. It's apparently going to still be brutally hot for the, the next two weeks, at least. Right. And then the hurricanes will come. Right. And then we'll, uh, we'll have to evacuate, I guess. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll see what happens. Our, our fingers crossed. Yeah. You know. So what's going on with you? You're back? Well, yeah, just out there, you know, I was I uh, played from Maine to Minneapolis. I never really can remember playing in Maine, but I played for a, a private party up there, like just down the road from Kenny Bunkport, you know, it's uh-huh. like the like one percenter territory you know uh, i i wouldn't be surprised if there was a couple of uh, kennedy cousins in attendance there i didn't did you uh, have the chowder there's uh, good chowder up there I, I didn't have the chowder but you know i i i thought along the way because uh, i don't eat clams you know uh. um but uh i started thinking it would be funny to go into a restaurant and say i hear about this lamb chowder what tell me about the lamb chowder <laughs> <laughs> and going, it doesn't exist. We go, no, clam. We go, no, 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 I don't eat clams. But what about the lamb chowder? <laughs> anyway, I never did it. I knew I knew you. it's something you could have done as a consummate actor, whereas I would have been giggling yeah. before I even started right. to get my line out. Yeah, yeah. It takes uh, training. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's, a, that's a real reach, that one. Yes, <laughs> me. Yes, me, that's a real reach. Anyway, it, it amused the band in the, in the van, you know. Yeah. Well, here's another one you may think was a reach. So on the, on the way home, we stayed at uh, hotels. are so expensive out there. It's incredible how, how much they've gone up in the last five years, man. I mean, you know, you can't get a crummy hotel for under $100. And uh, like a decent hotel is going to be, you know, over 150 no matter where it is in the middle of then nowhere. Then you all have separate rooms. Well, yeah, right? well, we got to have separate rooms. That's how we've stayed a band all this time, you uh-huh. know, four separate rooms. Um, but so we stayed in this day's end on the way home uh-huh. and I was walking around in the morning and seeing the guys were packing up the van. I said, you know, uh, this is more of a scene better days in. <laughs> okay. Got a Again, little, a little that's, chuckle, that's, that's a little a, chuckle from you. That's a Dave you. Clemens joke. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a good one for Dave. You all right. Give well, him that one. All right. Well, just well you know, while you were gone mm-hmm. though, I don't know if you know this, uh, our, our DA and the DA's office you know, uh, has decided, since they can't prosecute shit here, that uh, instead of actually bringing in some, some real power to get things done and to put these criminals in prison, they've brought support dogs to the DA's office. Have you heard about this? Really? Yeah. No, I've totally missed so that. Try to, to try to support those witnesses who, who really don't want to testify. 
are these uh, uh, victims who are scared to testify. So instead of like just putting the hammer down and saying, you know what, you broke the law, you're going to fucking jail. They're bringing support dogs in. Well, it's support dogs for the for the victims, though. Yeah, you're saying. And the and victims and the witnesses and stuff like that. You know, why don't you just fucking pay them cash or something like that, or offer them protection? Yeah, to get these criminals in jail. It seems like like a deal where somebody had a uh, a business where they they train support animals, and then they had a friend who said, uh, "Hey, I can I can get you a contract." But you know, some of these support animals, you think of, they're always just dogs. Uh huh. But the DA is so stupid. He's brought in like turtles and goldfish, <laughs> okay, you know, and things like that. Not a lot and of companionship, yeah, you know, not, that kind yeah, of stuff not, to be support animals. Yeah, the goldfish, you know? it's, it's uh, and it's I think he, they're much. even bringing in fleas, okay. support insects to help uh, these uh, well, two for one, like a, yeah, carry them on the so dogs. It just goes to show you how this city is just going more and more downhill. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's another thing that's going on, and you know, our mayor. Latoya Cantrell, she was told not to use those apartments. Mm-hmm. The, what do they call the con? The, the Pontalba. The Pontalba. Yeah. Right. Well, during essence, she used those apartments for her own free will, bringing friends and family, and she was told not to do that, and she did it anyway. Well, of course. And she's and and, and it's just like uh, she doesn't care. Well, no, she yeah. doesn't care, and she's she's uh, actually spiteful. So you tell her to do something, she knows it's wrong, she will do it anyway, and she will smile at you and you know uh, give you a bunch of platitudes about how we're working for the the citizens of New Orleans and 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 that the citizens of New Orleans are are happy with what we're doing. It's very Trumpian, you know. It's just you you uh, present a prospect and you say that a lot of people feel this way, whether they do or not. You know. It's, yeah. Well. Yeah. Very Trumpian. Yeah. Exactly. And speaking of Trump, he was in our town he was in town oh yeah i saw that (laughs) uh doing a fundraiser out in metairie i happened to sneak in really i got my uh our former guest uh ap photographer gerald herbert really you were at joe canazaro's house is that where it was yeah not leon but joe no joe yeah 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 Yeah, i don't know who joe is fred hebe was there in attendance uh they were all there the whole the whole hitler youth and stuff (laughs) they were all there um uh, but I've heard that it was like uh, it was twenty thousand dollars to get in, mm-hmm. and then if you wanted, uh, it was a hundred thousand to have a one-on-one a round table. A round right, table, right, right. This is what I heard. Well, I snuck in. Okay. And uh, you know, first of all, the food was awful. Huh? Surprising. You know, the food was awful. It was like uh, uh, um, the number three at McDonald's, <laughs> and they didn't even bother to supersize it. No. You know, but they first brought out they brought out wine and, and, and champagne and water and red or white wine. And I found it very difficult. They brought out some rolls, you know, okay. rolls, you know, some bread and butter to right. start you off. And I hate this. I don't care where I don't care if it's his fundraiser or my fundraiser or anyone's fundraiser. You know, it's like they bring the butter out and it's fucking hard as a rock butter. Yeah. You know, who do you got to stoop to get soft butter in any event? I know what you mean. You like, uh, you, you want the butter room temperature. Yeah, I want right, it room right, temperature. Right, right. And you think this guy, uh, uh, Trump, would, you know, notice that too. But he doesn't care. He doesn't have any clothes. Anyway, uh, there was a lot of uh, 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 local people that we know and hate that were there, <laughs> state people. 
and uh, it, Jeff Landry, I'm guessing. Jeff Landry was there. there. Jeff Crowera was there. Oh, your old buddy. Yeah, Jeff Crowera <laughs> was there. My old buddy who. Uh, who, for some reason, thinks he's heterosexual. I keep telling him he's uh, gay. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, you're gay, Jeff. Everybody just gets... realize it that you're gay. Well, you yeah. know, even though he keeps saying that he's doing this and doing all that. Uh. But it was a big night, and after after he did a speech and roundtables, they showed the Barbie movie. Really? Which was very interesting. I thought that was hilarious. You know, huh. I don't know why he showed it, but he did. And about ten minutes into the movie, everyone left. You know, I don't know if that's because of political views or whatever. Right, I don't know. Right, right. Or they actually showed Ken's genitalia. Huh. I don't know. Okay. But anyway, it was a fun night. You know, uh, other than that, uh, uh, the food was bad. I, I got a little drunk. and uh, Really? Yeah. yeah so he was in town, shocking. and I heard he went twice to Cafe Dumont. Really? I knew he went once. Yeah, he okay. went before he left. He came before he went to the fundraiser. He went to Cafe de Mont, and then before he got back on the plane, oh, he went back. He liked there. it that much. Well, I think he was just trying to, you know, show up all those Asian people that work there. You know, I have no idea. Because yeah. <laughs> have you been there, Cafe de Mont? It's been a while. Yeah, I haven't been there. The last time I was there, I brought my uh, family who were visiting, and the, everyone who works there is Asian. Okay. How was that? Do they own it now? I I, I don't know who owns it really. Who owns but, it? Do uh, you know? They've. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. No, okay. yeah, I, mean, you know yeah. I mean, they're great people. You know, they yeah. clean up and they... Uh, I don't really like all that powdered sugar. Never have. Really? You know, no, I never have. I really don't like those uh, beignets, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, once in a blue moon, they uh, they hit the spot. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, uh, so that happened while you were gone. And I guess while you were gone, they announced that traffic cameras are back. Starting, like, I think next week, right? August 1st. August 1st, yeah. Huh, so all of them. All of them are back. So beware, Renee, because oh, I big, know you, you get know, fucked La- up La- La- and Toy- like to drive La- around. LaToya's La- a big liar, man. I mean, she's, you know, that was one of her, her big campaign pitches was she was going to get rid of the uh, the speeding cameras, the traffic cameras. Nah, well, it's back. all about safety. You know that. It's <laughs> <laughs> only safety. <laughs> right, Nothing right. else right, to do right, with anything right. else. Yeah, they're back. Because uh, that's the real problem. You know, it's it's like all the car crashes we have in New Orleans. That's what everybody's uh, worried about, you know. That's oh, that's, 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 for sure. That's what people see on the news. They're terrified about their their their. Uh, Families leaving the house because of all the car crashes. So, well, you know, the traffic cameras is actually one thing they do enforce in this town. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they'll enforce that. Look, man, look, I, I played uh, at WWOZ, uh, you know, for free. Uh, you know, f- a That's few, a first. A few weeks he ago. never plays for free. Oh, this no, guy I wants to get paid I, constantly. No, well, you know, you got to get paid, man, because yeah. you know. to, to, you got to feed your family. But anyway, so I went and pl- pay, played down there on the radio, and they have parking passes for you. And now it's, it's all uh, like camera automated so they say well give us your license plate number ahead of time and we'll register it and you can just go park there and don't worry about it so i did that turned them all in ahead of time i even saw the email where they were all turned into wwoz those people are usually very uh thorough over there at the station and then i got back from my trip and i saw i had a 80 dollars parking ticket for uh for, for having parked there so you know it's uh the city, man. You know, they, they, they say they have certain priorities, but everything they do uh, policy-wise uh, 
says different. If you really want to be entertained in the morning, right, when, when those cameras turn on, is go on like a major thoroughfare, and you'll, you'll see cars like zooming, and then they realize, oh my goodness, and they, there's slam. Like, and they slam, and then, of course, there's three cars behind them slamming too, right? and it's, it's a real entertainment vehicle. You can, right. you can sit there and watch it for a couple hours. And, and obviously very safe that you're causing people to oh, slam on their brakes. <laughs> no doubt you know, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not going to cause any accidents there. Yeah, well, you know, to me, when it comes down to it with all this stuff, and now, you know, my job is picking up because the kids are going to start coming back on campus. I just was thinking last night before I went to sleep, I just, I was like, man, fuck. Bring back the pandemic, man. <laughs> I was so much happier during the pandemic, man. It was just like, oh. it was so easy. Everything was just so easy oh, for well, me. Oh, you know. I loved it, man. Bring it's it back. A, there's a, there's a uh, what did they say? A silver lining to every cloud, Manny. So that was, that was the one I for you. I don't know what that means. Right, right. So, yeah, I just think, you know, bring it back anyway. All right. Well, um, we'll see. Uh, you know, they, they say that, that, uh, that will, that's an inevitability, not, you know, not Corona necessarily, but there will be another uh, pandemic. So oh, we'll just have to see. We'll have to yeah. keep your fingers crossed, Manny. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. You know, technically, Arnie, I shouldn't even be doing this show because I'm on strike right now. Oh, that's right. Yeah, You're, I'm, yeah. I'm on strike, but I'm doing it anyway because apparently there's some loopholes or whatever. It's, like all, about, it's all about royalties for yeah. you down the road, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I haven't made a dime from this show. Right, right. Yeah, there's no, no royalties. Won't uh, make a dime. No, ever no, from no. This. Well, you when, never when do know. The get, when, when do the guests become the beneficiaries of yeah, that? Is that luck, coming down the line, road? I'm going to go on strike, I think. There you go. All right. I'm not going to be a guest on anything else. That's it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, yes, we did see the SAG uh, uh, directives on that, and they had they had several uh, exceptions for uh, like voiceover work and something else, uh, live performances, I believe. Uh, well, porno still, you can still do porn porno. and podcasts. You know, yeah. porno is uh, still. Uh, uh, you know, you we, know, we don't have a. Uh, we're not working for the producers, so they're striking against the producers. We are our own. We are yeah, but some of the producers are actors and writers, so you got to put that in there. You know? Right. Well, yeah. Tom Hanks, he doesn't know what to do because he's a producer, or director, or writer, picketing or an actor, himself. You know. So in the meantime, this weekend you had you had the two blockbusters for yeah. for how many years? Probably the grossest, highest yeah, grossing Barbie in made last decade, fifty million over a weekend. Yeah. Do you see that? By the way, I haven't seen it. No. I got to tell you, I went to see it. Yeah, you it's like it? It's pretty darn good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty right, darn good. Well, and I hear it's like rated R or PG or something. Yeah, like that. you know, there's, there's some there's some points, you know, with okay. Ken and Barbie and <laughs> and the group rated. that you yeah. you know you never know and. Uh, but it was it was mostly kids and mothers and I think I was the only male in the whole uh, theater oh, really? that day. Yeah, were but you wearing pink? I you know well I have to admit yeah a little <laughs> I, had my, I had my pink socks on. I was going to say just the underwear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pink socks on. And then Oppenheimer yeah. was like eighty million dollars over the weekend. And I hear that's like crazy. That film, it's like uh, I'm gonna go see that this yeah. week. Usually, I go. Usually, I like to sneak. You know, I'll go pay for one and, and then try to sneak it, yeah. to the other. But because <laughs> these were these were two big ones, you couldn't do that. So yeah. to, he likes uh, to eat discarded popcorn at movie. Well, theaters. I will. You know, really, uh, well, I haven't done that one. Well, yeah. check it out. Most you just people, go in an empty theater and find uh, popcorn. Well, well, like you, so here's the thing. Like you, you know, you, you go into a theater and and uh, you know they 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 can't pick up every jumbo box you know if you see a jumbo box and it's like half filled 
you know, except for the first couple of kernels on the top, that's totally unmolested below there. You uh-huh. know? So I don't know. I, I, I'm not above uh, finishing off that box of popcorn. He's just a cheap fuck. <laughs> you know, to each his own, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I've never had, a, pay for never had an issue. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I will, if my family's with me, I, I will, I won't make my kids do that. I will buy popcorn for them. That's just something I, you know, I'm cheap with myself. I always say I'm, I'm generous with others, but you know, I'm, I, uh, it's a product of my childhood. <laughs> I have a hard time uh, splurging for myself. Yeah. Oh, something I was. Oh, yeah. I'm actually going to see the Barbie movie with uh, with the whole uh, uh, troubled wives cohort tomorrow. Oh, the group of yammering bitches. Well, well yeah. as you refer to yeah, them, they that's don't. My they don't, wife's going. They don't there, care too. for that. That uh, I don't that, give a fuck if they care for that. I'm just, you know? I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying that. <laughs> That uh, yes, the the troubled wives. Uh, yes, we're we're going in a big group. I'll have to report on that next week. I'm not sure uh, what I've gotten myself into. If I here, can do a show next week, if you can do a yeah, show, yeah, we don't know. We don't know. Okay. But, uh, but anyway, yeah. So that's what's going on okay. in the world. What I found hilarious is uh, I found out uh, through some friends who are uh, well. Who are clean and sober people. Okay. You know. Um, sure. I yeah. found out that, I didn't know this, but during the uh, uh, a pandemic, and even to this day, uh, they're, they're having 12-step meetings on Zoom. Sure. Yeah, which seems sense. like so easy to cheat. Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, especially if you're, like, you're in a drug diversion program where you got to say that you're going to meetings and stuff like that. You know, you can just say, yeah, I did a Zoom meeting, and you could be, you know, off camera, toking one up or drinking and stuff right. like that. Yeah, it's not really conducive to yeah, that. Yeah, you know. So uh, I just thought that was interesting that the, the, the AA and NA are doing Zoom 12-step meetings. I guess that's just the wave of the future. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, I was, yeah. I, I was thinking, future mayor, that uh, now that I've seen Barbie, could you, you know, Barbie does, you know, that replicates Barbies, as you know. Could you imagine uh, if our mayor was Barbie and we were like having future Cantrells of uh, all <laughs> occupations and, and think about that as a horror film? Nightmarish. Yeah, that's, that's oh, a, yeah, yeah, I always just think of uh, as Cantrell as uh, Brian Meadows from SNL. Um, that's who I think she is, and you know, I remember you know last election. Well, when I ran against her. We were at forums together, and we mm-hmm. sat next to her because alphabetically, and she was fucking nuts, man. Anytime Troy Carter said, answered a question, she'd whisper in my ear, "He's a liar. He's a liar. He's lying right now." Because <laughs> <laughs> Carter's here, yeah. Cantrell's here, and I'm in the middle. Uh, <laughs> you know, and everyone gets sixty seconds because you know everyone gets yeah, like sixty yeah, yeah, seconds, yeah. and then the yellow light comes on, and the red light comes. You got to stop. You know, but. She'd answer a question, all high and mighty, and I would do my best. And then Troy Carter, who's a seasoned you know, politician, he'd start talking and immediately go, that's not right. No, he's lying. He's lying. He's lying. That's not right. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Like, okay. Well, you got to believe her. She's obviously oh, yeah, always yeah. truthful she's in everything. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know. Anyway, she's a good kid. We sure, like her. Sure, sure, sure. You know, uh, but anyway, so I, I, I don't. I've got a bunch of other stuff, but we yeah, should get to our guest. Yeah, let's get to our guest. He's uh, man. He's, what a what a get this is. Well, yeah. Finally, we have someone who's not some like burnt out musician. Well, you you're know, giving or, you're giving it away. He saw me at a crawfish boil and invited me. You know how can I say no to well, that? All of y'all are giving it away. Hold on. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> 
Okay, so our guests, uh, we're, we're very honored to have this, this guest here, especially in, uh, in Snake and Jake's. He just confessed to me uh, when he got here, this is his first time, his, his maiden uh, appearance in Snake and Jake's. I told him I was not surprised, but uh, he looked very happy about being here, so that's, that's a good sign. Anyway, uh, he's, a, he's a sports administrator, an attorney, politician, philanthropist. He's a former director of administration and executive vice president of the New Orleans Saints football team. He's a, a former president CEO of the National Basketball Retired Players Association. He's a former New Orleans city councilman and served as the council president. Uh, he's also a former CEO and president of the Jewish Federation of Greater New Orleans. Man, oh man, that's uh, how do you fit it all in? Anyway, we're going to get into all that. He's done all kind of other things, uh, as, as if that wasn't enough. But uh, without further ado, the great Mr. Arnie Filco. Welcome, Arnie. Thank you, thank you. It's great to be here, and this is an iconic place. You're right, I've never been here before, and... Uh, um, and you'll never come back. <laughs> I don't know about that. The <laughs> drinks are pretty darn good, I have to say. So, oh, yeah. what you drinking there? Is that uh, like a rum, rum and coke. Rum yeah, and rum and coke. Yeah, and, rum and coke. Kind but of these guy. are the, you know, these are what the. Are you seventeen? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I want to be. That, that was my seventeen-year-old drink, actually. <laughs> But, uh, well, you know, we have a bartender that he's a, a, a Ben Franklin graduate like myself. So, okay. Are uh, you know, Ben Franklin? All my kids are Ben Franklin. Right yeah. on, right on. Well, see, that's, that's say that we have Go even Falcons, people behind yeah. Go Falcons, even uh, Juan behind the bar is an alumni. So that's what you got to look forward to when you, be, when you graduate from Ben Franklin, you're going to... The world is your oyster. You can go, <laughs> you know, you can become a, a bartender at Snake and Jake's. You can become a neurosurgeon. Yeah, it's all, absolutely. It's all, it's all open, you know, yeah. That's right, that's right. Now, why haven't they changed the name? Wasn't he a slave owner too, Ben Franklin? Uh, he he yeah. was. They so how the, come they won't change the name. Well, because the way it w they actually changed the name of the building, because because that's owned by Orleans Parish Public School System, and and they changed the name of the building, but but they allowed the uh, the faculty and students and alumni of the schools to vote on if they wanted to change the name. Oh. And the and all those people at Franklin decided, you know, Franklin is such an iconic high school name here. And everyone yeah. there is a racist, so well, they just no, like, we want in to. In fact, nobody there is, hard, is a racist. It's a very progressive school, always has been. Um, so why did they keep the name? Because he was it, a slave owner. Well, he, he actually transcended that. We don't need to relitigate this here, but uh, the, the, their reasoning was that, yes, he owned slaves at one time. He had a, an awakening of, of, uh, of concept. He released Because he was slaves. banging them, right? Well, I, no, I don't know. And he I mean, had children with slaves, didn't I, he? I don't know. I mean, uh, I know Andrew Jackson is purported to have had, uh, or uh, Thomas Jefferson, I mean, is reported to, uh, to have a whole, uh, whole lineage. Now, why did uh, they fire that volleyball coach? Uh, you know, I, I'm not, oh, I'm not sure about that's that. That's a sad story. Yeah. Jody Palazzano. Yeah, why did they fire her? Well, she's banging who, kids or something. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Jody is, I have to say, Jody's a friend and okay. one of the best coaches I've ever encountered in any sport. So she had a losing record and they no, fired no, her? No, no, no. Historic coach. So why did they fire her? Well, there were, you know, the parents like they do in a lot of schools. There were some parents that maybe were upset. Maybe their kids didn't play enough. There were some other things, yeah. but I, I'll, I'll opine in this one. That was a terrible mistake. Jody is beloved by um, everybody that played for her, and um, I hope jo and Jody will so land on her feet. It was some uh, big shot uh, alumni, right? 
Well, yeah. maybe. I, I heard different stories. I heard that there were some parents coming. You know, like, you know how parents too. are, too. I, you know, their kids don't play. They want to be on the court. But Jody's a no-nonsense. Uh, the one thing is Jody's uh, old school. She's no-nonsense. Yeah. But I've never seen a coach that gives, gives more love to her kids than she did. And oh, really? I'm very sorry that they let her go. A big mistake by Ben Franklin, in my opinion. Oh, okay. Yeah, but... But, but the, I don't give enough, so I'm not a I'm not a good I'm not a good enough alum to have had a say in the right, final they decision. They didn't ask you what they what, didn't ask what, my what, opinion. What you no, wanted to do. No, right, right, right. So you give back? I give back? Yeah. I what? I, I I try to support. I love okay. Franklin. I think Franklin's a phenomenal school here in New Orleans, and uh, the and building's pretty ugly, though. It is. The buildings yeah, are pretty ugly. it's it's nothing special, but yeah. the teachers are pretty darn good, and they're still in the top. Two in the in the state every year of good yeah. public education. Franklin has the strength of Ben Franklin has always been the student body. Um, you know when we had the terrible building here at uh, you know the old Carrollton Courthouse, rain coming through the, the the roof, and we always had like half great teachers and half flunky teachers who couldn't make it anywhere else in the system, so they'd park them there because the students wouldn't eat them alive. And I thought you know twenty years later when my my kids went there. It's exactly the same. They have a, a better physical plant, but they still have half great teachers, half flunky teachers that are parked there because uh, you know it's it's easier to, to leave them. But but really, still the the student body is what really makes it what it is. It's peer pressure and the, or, and, or, or and the, the, diver- the culture and the diversity of the student body, which is very special. And uh, yeah. you know we we need we we won't talk about this topic too long. But yeah, no, we no, we, we, to we talk about public schools. We should be looking at Franklin and. Replicating Franklin, right, because it's a phenomenal it place. Yes. Well, uh, Arnie, the first thing I wanted to get to after reading the, the, all these accolades, your your very impressive uh, resume here, is I wanted to say, uh, with your background, uh, why are you here? Why did you agree to be on the Trouble Ben podcast? Do we have uh, uh, incriminating photographs of you some, somewhere? That <laughs> well, probably, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Manny's like found it. those or not yet. Okay. But uh, no, I man, you know I was at a, um, a truly well, at a crawfish boil yeah. a couple months ago, yeah. and uh, in Bio uh, St. John, right in my house, yeah, right. And Manny was there. We started chatting about the podcast, and it. Sounded like a lot of fun. Well, I, you I've know, known I've seen you me. for a long and, time, and I've, I've yeah. you know, I've I've known you and maybe a little bit of from a distance because I've watched you on the campaigns and always right. admired and you've always you. Always kept your distance, right? 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 right. <laughs> well, well, yes, yes. Wise guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's a been smart successful. guy. Yeah, yeah. You know. Okay, but, well, we like it. That's no, not, it's that's pleasure. terrific. Well, fun to I was with like, you. I was like, well, here's a guy. You know, we've basically we've done like 200 shows or whatever, and. 198 of them have been like musicians. Sure, like, let's sure. Let's get okay. someone else. No, I love it. You know, uh, let's get someone else besides the musician. Well, you certainly got a non-musician with you know? me. There's no doubt yeah, about yeah. that. <laughs> well, and you know, you're only the second attorney to ever agree to come on the show. Oh, we have right? we have lots of attorneys who are fans, and yeah. and, and, the, yeah. and you have very interesting uh, practices and lives. And I invite yeah. them. They go, no, sorry, I can't do is it. Is that man. from a liability standpoint? <laughs> I think They're so. a little yeah, nervous yeah, yeah. about being on. The only one that did come on is also. Uh, sound engineer and producer, and went back to law school later on. And all he wanted to, he goes, "Don't mention that I'm a lawyer. Let's just talk about, <laughs> how about right, the music part." Right. So okay, but well, I, I got to go. Sorry, I, well, I got right, right. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to talk you out. I'm congratulating, patting you on the back but, for for having when, the nerve. Yeah, when yeah, we yeah. met that night at that crawfish boil, you were uh, handing out cards because you were in the middle of a campaign. 
Well, I was thinking about it. Yeah, I was, you were thinking yeah, about, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about um, a making rep. a run for state legislature. We have yeah. an open seat in New Orleans. Right. Yeah. In, and, in uh, Manny's district, right? It's a district yeah, that, that in you're in. Uh, Esplanade, Mid-City. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, at that point, I think that was maybe April. It was right near Jazz Fest. And, uh, yeah, it was around and, Jazz and, Fest. And, um, yeah, I was thinking about it. Put a lot of time and thought. Put a team together. Yeah. And about a month later, I had to make the final call, and I decided not to do it. Okay. And that's just, you just did your homework and realized yeah, it wasn't. It, it just, you know, this is my, my philosophy. There's a time in life for everything. And yeah. I think my time in politics, which I loved, um, mm-hmm. was after Katrina uh, when I was on the city council. Yeah. And, you know, for a lot of reasons, I, I just thought, you know, really at the state legislature at this time, first of all, it's, it's so goofy in Baton Rouge. I mean, that, yeah. Uh, see, I, I wouldn't want to go to Baton Rouge. Yeah, That's I mean, it's thing. just the politics up there are so divisive, and yeah. and to be honest, very much against what I believe in. Yeah. That I think I would have, you know, I, I think I could have used the bully pulpit a lot, but I think I would have, you know, been banging my head against the wall yeah. more often than not. Yeah. A torturous experience to be in the legislature under somebody like Jeff Landry or could be, or, or, could uh, be, you know, whoever, whoever. if it, or someone worse, possibly. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I don't know about worse, but uh, yes, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so you, you, you're from here, you graduate. Well, no, wait. You're, no, you're, no, not from here. Where actually. are you from? Well, let's, let's go back. Uh, right, so so right. you, you, you're not from here. Where did you grow up? I or? am from the great city of Appleton, Wisconsin. Okay. Which is, uh, oh. a, a, uh, we, we call it a suburb of Green Bay. And uh, okay. and uh, uh, grew up there. My family's been in that part of the country for really since the 1920s. Oh, okay. And... Um, Love that, really do love Wisconsin and love that part. But uh, went to school in Chicago, met my wife there, practiced law there for a few years, and wanted to be in the sports field. And from there, we moved uh, around a little bit. And uh, in 2000, I was very fortunate to be offered the job as the executive vice president of the Saints. And that brought us to this incredible city that we fell in love with from the moment we came here and left once and quickly came back. And we'll be here, you know, hopefully forever now nice nice now how did you know being a practicing attorney how did you get involved in in sports administration sure well i you know i i i practiced for about eight or nine years just general law um i had a specialty we we did a lot of um what they call first party insurance work so anytime you saw like a big fire around the country like um, the MGM in Las Vegas had a fire. Mm-hmm. If there was a suspicion of arson, I would be on the scene usually within a day or two of that as the lead attorney. So we is a very niche practice mm-hmm. and um, um, did that, and then I really started to get into sports law. And uh, that you were always a sports fan. I was always a sports okay. fan. Love sports. Grew up uh, Packers, as a fan. lifelong Packers. Still, yeah. family still has fifty yard season tickets Excellent. in Lambo. And, and they own the team. I am an I'm an owner yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. take any. You know, you know. So I how did that any. affect when you worked for the Saints? How did that? Uh, well, that was that? pretty funny actually, because obviously I had a great allegiance to the Saints. But um, funny story. Is it a su- conflict of interest, though, if you own part of the Packers to work for the Saints? <laughs> um, you know, they never called, the commissioner never called really? me. Really? So I think I was able that to. That was Tagliabue at the time? Uh, Tagliabue yeah, at the time. He was an idiot. Yeah, yeah. so he As never a, called me. But, yeah. but we, had a, we actually had a little suite in the Superdome that we couldn't sell. It was too small to sell. Mm-hmm. So in the fourth quarter of every home game, I, I snuck away to the suite. Mm-hmm. I mean, I call it a suite, it's the size of the door here. Here, okay. Oh, okay. 
Okay. And I put the Packer game on radio, and I have the Saints game in front of me, <laughs> uh, and it was the best of all worlds. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> nice, nice. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Can't tell that story now to <laughs> well, you just Mr. Did. Benson or anybody <laughs> yeah. else. I, well, <laughs> isn't he dead? Yeah, dead. yeah, yes. So your, your first involvement in sports management was for a, a series of basketball leagues in different spots? Uh, yeah, I, I actually was the, my first job actually in sports was uh, in Chicago. There was a new commissioner of a college conference who had moved to town and he asked me to be the uh, compliance officer, um, which of course I was a lawyer, but I knew nothing about compliance. So my first episode in sports. You all remember uh, like a 7-5 player by the name of Manute Bowl? Sure, yeah, played? Yeah. Well, he went to Cleveland State all right, University mm. in, in Ohio and they, they ended up putting him in a room because they didn't want anybody else to be able to recruit him. Well, you can't do that in college sports. And uh, Cleveland State got in some real trouble and I was kind of their, their, their helper to try to get them out of trouble. But from there, I went into, um, I went into basketball. I was part of the NBA's farm system and Really, I got to New Orleans truly by luck. The Saints had... This was in the 90s? This was in the 90s. Okay. And the Saints had one of the worst seasons in 1999. They were 3-13. and 13. It was Mike Ditka's last year. Yeah. Right. And I was in baseball. I was heading up part of minor league baseball. And I wrote... This was before even emails and that. Uh-huh. I, I overnighted a letter to... to Tom Benson, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm a minor league executive, but if you're interested in splitting up the football side and the, and the business side, I'd love to lead your business side, thinking, ah, never going to hurt. And lo and behold, two days later, I get a call from his attorney. <laughs> he says, that's exactly what we're thinking, and uh, could you come down and interview real quickly? And four days later, I'm a vice president of New Orleans Saints. Man, I love that story. You see, people, look, just a little bit of initiative. Uh, uh, you had, like, a vision of something for yourself. You thought it was a wild, you know, like a crazy idea, but let me just give it a shot, and it worked. It, it worked. You want to hear my, my first Substantive issue with the Saints, absolutely. So, so you know, I, I'm I'm coming in as as a newcomer. I mean, I you know, I, I've been I've visited New Orleans, but I'm not a New Orleanian. Right. So the first thing, there were two things. Um, I listened to the to the tapes of the uh, uh, public address announcer in yeah. the Superdome, which was Jerry Romig. Right. You know, yeah. a legendary figure yeah, here. Yeah. And I'm thinking, my God, I've never heard a guy like this. This is. So weird. We got to change it all. We got to fire Jerry Romig. We got to change it all. And some people said, uh, you may want to give that a little time before yeah. you do that. So fortunately, I held off on that. But that was a good decision. The real decision is once the first season started, Jim Hazlitt was the head coach. Right. And, and Jim was a, if, if you knew Jim, he was like a military guy, very traditional football coach. And he came to me after a terrible loss one, one Monday morning. And he says, you know that damn dog that we have? I want him gone. Okay. This was uh, um, uh, St. Bernard or yeah, something? Yeah, uh, Gumbo. Okay. Yeah. It in Gumbo, I think. And I said, all right. He's, I guess he was pooping on the field. All right. So, I, so for the next week, we got rid of Gumbo. Buddy. Um, um, Deliberto. Deliberto. Yeah. All right. Um, literally for three weeks, attacked me on every <laughs> night on radio. Who is this guy from Wisconsin? He does nothing. How can you get rid of the dog? That was my first entree into wow, New Orleans. being attacked by Buddy D. Yeah, exactly. Wow, but uh, but we did get rid of the dog. But we kept Jerry Roaming, one of the best decisions. So. Yeah, he had that really kind of dr- nasal very drain. different yeah. very, very New Orleans yeah. but very different very different yeah. from a lot of PA and yeah yeah. Public, yeah 
spot. We fell in love. We were you either hated back then. This was two thousand. A lot of the Saints players lived in Destrehan or North Shore. They never really came to New Orleans. But now it's changed a little bit. But you either loved New Orleans or you hated New Orleans. And a lot of you know a lot of former players really. This was very different. They didn't like it. For me and my family, we just something about this city. We just fell in love with everything from the very beginning. And a year later, moved into the city, and you know the rest is history. Nice. Now, now you were instrumental in keeping the Saints in New Orleans after Katrina, because Tom Benson really had wanted to move it to uh, to San Antonio at one time. I think you were, you know, one of the central yeah. figures who. Well, it was a very. So you're to blame. I'm no. playing. Yeah, <laughs> I t- all the losing seasons since 2005, it's on me. Um, no, I. You know, it was a very difficult time. Obviously, for everybody in New Orleans, people were not here. They were in the rest of the country, and um, you know, I, I have to say, there was an effort. First of all, the the first issue was. Do we play any games that year in Louisiana? I was a big advocate to go to LSU and mm-hmm. Baton Rouge. They were willing, and ultimately the commissioner intervened. And we did play, I think, four games that year in Baton Rouge. And that was, even though the games weren't great, the reality is it was a really positive shot in the arm for right. New Orleans to see their team. Some normality. Uh, it you was, know, exactly. Yes. It was normality. Because when we went on the road, I have to tell you, one of the things I will always remember is wherever we went, there were New Orleans people there. Yeah. And, you know, just for them to have a lifeline to their team um, lifted the spirits of everybody, football team, you know, people like myself and that. But there was an effort to also candidly move the team permanently. And, oh, yeah. And I just, I didn't intend to be a martyr. You know, I lost my job because of the position I took, but it just was wrong. I mean, yeah. it was wrong in every respect. And, you know, the one thing about Wisconsin and the Packers is they've, they have a bond that's cemented for a century. The only situation I've ever encountered similar to that is, in, is New Orleans and its fan base. And to have, to have gone through Katrina and then to maybe have lost its football team, you would have ripped the heart out of this community. Right. And I'm just very glad that the commissioner and others played a role in this. And, you know, the Saints now will be here, I think, you know, forever. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, you know, we had our glory so years who, after who, that. You who know? talked Benson into staying? The commissioner? And well, everything? I think at the end. Because he wanted to go. At the end of the day, Commissioner Tagliabue played a major role in that. I yeah. mean, he basically said, you know, we're not allowing this team to move to San Antonio. And and really, that then really accelerated. So did the NFL give them money to stay to help rebuild the dome and stuff like that? Well, yeah, there were incentives certainly provided. Yeah. And as you know, Manny, we... One of my roles with the Saints is I had been the lead negotiator with the state of Louisiana years before that, mm-hmm. and we we had cut a you know a, I'll call it a mutually beneficial agreement, right? But it was a, it was a very good agreement for the Saints, okay, yeah. and that that helped us a lot in terms of the pre-Katrina years, and of course the rebuilding of the Superdome. And, you know, it went from a season ticket base where they went to have us, um, you know, a record list of people, a wait list. Yeah. You know, all of that helped financially cement the Saints here. So what happened with you and the Saints? When did you leave the Saints? Well, I left the Saints in October of 2005. I was called. Right after Katrina. Uh, about, yeah, about, yeah, about two months. I, yeah. I, you know, this whole story broke Labor Day. And unfortunately, my name was attributed to the story. Right. And really nothing happened for six or seven weeks. And then one day I got called into an office and 
told either resign or or we're gonna we're gonna fire you. And I said, well, you're gonna have to fire me because I'm not resigning and right. I'm not signing what you wanted me to sign. And you know, at that point, um, you know, I left the Saints and. We stayed in San Antonio because our kids were in school at that point. Yeah. And that that was just depressing enough. <laughs> but we came back to New Orleans beginning of the year and uh and I was so inspired, I have to tell you. My run for office, you know, a couple months later. That's, right. you, that's when was, you went into politics. Yes. Nice. It was it was just coming back and seeing average people in a first in first of all, lights weren't on, there were roads, oh. you couldn't get gas. But you saw people meeting, maybe ten people in a church meeting. And then it went from 10 to 100 meeting. And people were invested in planning their future. And it, it was truly inspiring. And I said, I'd like to be part of that, you know, and uh, along with some of the new people that ran. And I think the public was ready for a new type of elected official. So who were those council people after Katrina? It was you, and I can't, I'm trying to remember. The new ones were uh, Stacy Head. Yeah, Stacy Head, uh, the James. porno star, right? Yeah. I'll hold comment on that one. And, uh, and uh, James Carter, if you remember him, yeah, was uh, right, District right. C. And wasn't uh, Latoya one of the... Uh... No, no, she, oh, okay, she, okay. she was actually heading a neighborhood, or uh, Broadmoor. She, okay. she ran four years later. Okay, all right. She yeah. was like head of the Broadmoor uh, Association. She was. Right, okay, she right, was. Right, right. And um, Shelly Medora uh, was District A. Yeah, yeah. So you had four new people and then three returning people. And Clarkson, are, Clarkson was well, still there. Was she still I there? I beat Jackie. You beat Jackie. I right, beat yeah. Jackie. You beat her and over then, the head. Good. And then, uh, and then you, a few months into my tenure, you know, Oliver Thomas got in some trouble. Right. Yeah. Right, and yeah. Um, and we had to have an election, a special election, and Jackie. Uh, well, who yeah. I beat came back at right. the other at large That's position. Right. That's so right. So that was that was very interesting, you know, for us to, you know, we were both as I was I was council president at the time. And is she still alive? Jackie is still alive. Really? And, um, very active, and nice. she is the honorary council to Lithuania. Oh, uh, oh, and uh, that's a hell of a gig, yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah. and I have to say, I you know I I, I like Jackie a lot. You know we. You know, we had some issues that we didn't agree on, but right. you know, we we've over the years we formed a friendship and a bond, and she's she has done a lot for this community, you know, during her political tenure. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, well, we want to talk about this whole period because it's an exciting political period uh, post Katrina here. But Manny, it seems like about that time. Don't yeah, you think? it's time, Arnie. We're going to take our little break, and the troubled nation knows the drill, so we'll be right back. Oh, 
and we're back. Back with our guest, Mr. Arnie Philco. I am Renee Coleman, back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Now, uh, Arnie, I know you're, you're not familiar with this podcast, but uh, as our dedicated listeners will know, we're, we're back to our original sponsor, which is Loose Change. Yeah. And, uh, we need it. Loose- Everyone has it. Yep. I'm sure you've got some. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, loose like, change. Like the couch cushions. Yeah. Maybe, uh, yes, yes, yes. That, what used to be the, the, the ashtray in your car, now if people put change in there. Other places, the dryer, uh, pants pockets. But, uh, you know, you don't have to actually uh, send in uh, 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 silver in, a, in an envelope or, uh, or folding money like, uh, like that guy did uh, when he sent that $20 to the... Snake and Jake's for us uh, because we have we, 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 we make it very easy for you. We have a PayPal link and Venmo link in uh, the show notes of every show as well as in the, uh, the pinned Facebook uh, page on our, on our Facebook uh, account there. And I want to give a shout out to a longtime dedicated listener, Kevin Todd, for uh, contributing to the show, buying us a round of drinks tonight. Thanks, Kevin Todd. He uh, he utilized the the PayPal link there. Oh, yeah, yeah. wow! And, That's uh, technology at oh, its yeah. best, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're pass- I don't know what PayPal is. It's really. uh, it's you know, we're you we're know. passing around the 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 ones and zeros. It's all what dig- is Venmo? Digital. That's currency. like PayPal. It's oh, yeah. it's like PayPal. It's like it's what all the kids use apparently. To pay their drug dealers. Well, you know, that's all Venmo That's, that's what I've heard about. That's what I've heard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you're enjoying the show every week, uh, support the show. You know, uh, we, in fact, we do have a Patreon page for those patrons that, that do want to support the show every week. Uh, it takes the guesswork out, and uh, they're listening to the show every week, and, and they're supporting the show every week. And, and thanks to, to uh, all those, those uh, patrons on the Patreon page. And uh, beyond that, follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you're listening to the podcast. Give us five stars. Helps us out a lot. Costs you nothing. Uh, we do have the, uh, the Trouble Men podcast t-shirts still available in men's and women's sizes, a variety of colors. Uh, let's see. What Maybe else? Maybe we should do what that Poofus Bar did. They say, we're going out of business. And all of a sudden, like, everyone says, no, you can't go out of business. And now they're in business like crazy. So they just milk their fans. The old going out of business boy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We what could a try bunch that. of fucking assholes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good strategy, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it's uh, the discount uh, shops in, in, in New York have been doing it forever. Right? <laughs> Some yeah, places okay. go out of business every week. Yeah, but it was like big news all over the city on right. the newspapers, on the, on the local news and all that. Like we can't 20- afford it. We can't afford to stay open anymore. And all of a sudden, boom. It was like 24 hours later. Yeah, 24 hours later. It was very quick, yeah. Yeah, We're we're all right. Well, there you go. The the people of New Orleans do... uh, So what happens again when they go broke? They're going to, you know, will the people be fooled twice? I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully... uh, Future suspense here. Hopefully... I don't really like that place anyway. Uh, They don't melt the cheese on their cheese. I like that place too. We got to keep... Like this place... 
Bufas. I was at a place uh, over the weekend called BJ's. Have you oh, y'all yeah. been over there on yeah, Burgundy? Yeah, and yeah, I've played at BJ's a, gr- a bunch that's recently. A heavy, yeah, yeah. That's a great place. You know, like this, kind of a small kind place. Of a dump. It's <laughs> kind of a dump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, no, I would call it a iconic New Orleans dump. venue. Yeah. yeah, dive bar. Yeah, it's, yeah. that's a nice name. Uh, good bartenders. They have a good pouring arms over now, there. Now, can you get a blowjob at BJ's? I, you know, I don't know. I was with my wife, so okay. I can tell you it didn't happen to so us. So the but. answer was yes. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I better stop my rum yeah. and coke here before I get in real trouble. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're back. Uh, well, I kind of well, I, w- I just wanted to say, uh, you know, there's been a lot of uh, talk about uh, artificial intelligence in the news lately, and I just want to uh, to have a. Uh, affirm, that you won't find it here. Affirm that uh, the Trouble Men podcast is made with 100% human content. There's no artificial intelligent, intelligence used in its production. So, uh, not that I didn't. Uh, some, sometimes there's no intelligence used. Well, that's right. <laughs> there's, there's no artificial or or, or real uh, or, or real intelligence. Yeah. I, I did. Uh, I will save this for a future bit. I did. Uh, plug some commands into an AI program to have it write some stuff in the style of the Trouble Men podcast, and it is kind of hilarious. We'll get to that in the future sometime. But uh, anyway, back to our guest, Mr. Arnie Filco. So, Arnie, when we last left you, uh, you had just entered the, uh, the the field of politics. It's post-Katrina. You're the, the the city council president. We have Ray Nagin as the as the mayor at that time. Uh, Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray Nagin. Yeah, yeah. It's a crazy time. There's a lot of federal uh, moves, a lot of federal money floating around. Um, no, must have been, did you get your hands on some must, of that? Must have been crazy for, for you to be in the, <laughs> yeah. in the council at this time. I kid people. You know, I wanted somebody to at least tempt me. Somebody, <laughs> come, in, somebody come in and at least tempt me, but nobody did that. And uh, No, it was, a, I, it was a special time, I got to tell you. You know, if you were ever going to be in political office, that was the time to do it because you were making decisions, big decisions, that, um, you know, really kind of laid the foundation for where we are today and and for many years in the future. And uh, so I, I was very proud of it. I tell people all the time, I've had a, a really fun career in sports, yeah. but my six years on the city council were by far and away the most gratifying years. Uh, and, and I would never do a redo. I mean, they were very special, and, and I really loved it. I love the people I dealt with, and I love New Orleanians that I got to deal with. Now, d- did you consider running for mayor at some point? I, I have to admit, I did consider it. Uh, it was at the, you know, at the end of my um, first term, mm-hmm. and um, we did some polling. And I'll, I'll be honest; I, I don't think I've ever said this publicly, but the polling said that I was a solid number two uh, in a race of several people. Mm-hmm. And um, I just made the decision at that point that you know I had been in council for four years. There were some things that I still wanted to accomplish. And um, I said, you know what, I'm going to stay with the job that I was elected for. And, um, you know, good or bad move, I'm not sure. You know, I could go back and forth over the years. And, um, but I did look at it because I think it's an important position in the city. Being the mayor is, you know, being a council is one thing. But, you know, the, the, the oomph, the power of a lot of well, things know, is with the mayor. Age, I'm always looking for a solid number two. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know? I was, yeah. was going to say, was it in fact uh, your fear of, of going in a head-to-head contest with Manny Chevrolet that... Uh, well, you know, that certainly was part of it. I have to tell you, I, you know, 
Manny was, you know, I won't tell you who number one was, but you can guess on this podcast. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, polling is not always right. Is yeah, it? yeah. Poll, you know what? Is, yeah, polling yeah. is polling not is fallible, always yeah. uh, not always right. Yes. Right. Yeah. So your political career, you do really good things, and you, you overcome a bunch of things. But then you, the NBA lures you, right? Yeah, it was. Um, Again, it was it was part of being in a place that at, at at the time I I was having lunch one day at Little Dizzy's, which I'm sure you guys are mm-hmm. familiar with, and um, Cynthia Willard Lewis, has, who was this council member, right. her father was a judge and a great man, great man, may he rest in peace. And he said, I want to I want to introduce you to this former NBA ABA player by the name of Mac Calvin. Yeah, at, at Diz- and Mac was here doing development work. And uh, Max said, "You know, Ernie. Uh, you know, if you want to get back in sports, I'm I'm the chairman of the search committee for the NBA retired players, and we're looking for our next CEO." And I looked at it, and it was kind of hard to pass up. It was a great organization. I mean, historic players, mm, yeah. and um, I was fortunate enough to get the job. And um, and we, you know, we we moved. Uh, the office was in Manhattan at the time. We moved it to Chicago. Yeah. And I did that for uh, five years. Enjoyed it a lot. But we missed, you know, there's a commonality here. We missed New Orleans. And yeah. uh, uh, my wife and I both, and we said, you know, we, we miss New Orleans more than anything, and now, we're going to come back here. NBA Players Union is so strong. Much well, stronger. Well, this was the retired players. Okay, it's a little different than the, uh, Okay, yeah. but, I mean, NFL Players Union. Yes. It's not so great. Uh, and Baseball Union, well, that's, I don't really want to get into that. But, um you know, because they say the average career of an NFL player is like maybe three seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where an NBA player could be a little longer. So my question is, is for an NBA player to, to really reap the benefits of being in the league, how long do they have to stay in the league? Well, for the younger guys, you know, that, you know if, they, if they play four, five, six, seven years, most of them are financially pretty good. Yeah, but we had guys, you know, in their eighties and their seventies, you know, who great played, play, who, who played great, back in the sixties. Yeah, who played in the sixties when they who, didn't make millions they didn't of dollars, make any yeah, money, right. and you know, and they also didn't have any health insurance. That was one of the things I'm very proud of is we got the retired players' health insurance because look, these guys have heart issues and orthopedic issues, and all those big guys. Big guys ex- usually don't live a long time, exactly. and they have health. Now, you know, was Stern still the commissioner? He was the commissioner when I took over, okay. and then. Adam Silver uh, became the commissioner. Right. Okay. And uh, David Stern was a really, really, and so was Adam Silver, great commissioners. I mean, yeah. you know, really two of the best in the history of sports. Well, uh, I never liked Stern because he was a Celtic fan. I'm a Laker fan. <laughs> oh, so well, never, is he a Celtic fan? Oh, really? yeah. He's a, he's and you're a, a closet, Laker fan. Uh, oh, he's a closet Laker, uh, Celtic fan, Stern was. And he yeah. never admitted, but he was. Well, they beat your team. You know, those Celtics beat your well, uh, Lakers the, pretty good. Did that. Well, what in the <laughs> '60s when there was eight teams in the league, but yeah. in the '80s we dominated. You in the did. '90s and the dynasty. Yeah, we dominated the Celtics. But anyway, yeah. So Stern, and so those players, though, you got them the benefits that they deserve. We we did, and you know, one of the this is interesting. One of the most important things, most important challenges to former athletes. You would think that they're you know, they're happy. Most of them have some money. But the transition, no matter what age, you know, from 
playing and being in the spotlight to just being a regular person like us, it is a major transition. And we tried to kind of guide them in that regard of how they can monetize their brand, how they can, where they lived, where they went to college, even though they may not be playing. And it was gratifying to see a lot of these guys succeed because, you know, for everybody, not just even athletes, you know, people work their whole life. and Identity is so important. It you know, really you, is. You develop, you, you work your whole life to, to have status as this one thing and you attain it. And it it's, it's almost harder that you attain this very uh, idealized identity. And then now you're just a regular guy. It's like, how do you, you don't have it's, the, the it's, skills to live it's, like it's that. It's a very, very difficult transition for these guys. And, and remember, in the basketball world, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, they started right after college. Maybe they'd play five, six years. You know, yeah. they're, they're under 30. And their major career is over at that point. So what do you do for the next 50 years of your life? Right. And we had to guide them and do programs and create programs. And, you know, I think well, that was very special. But see, basketball, and that's the one thing I think Stern did that was great. He made it international. So a lot of these players who made a couple of seasons the NBA can go play in China, go play in Italy. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a lot to do with Stern in many ways because he, he globalized the sport in yeah. many ways. Well, man, he, he's a, he was a brilliant man, uh, a brilliant marketer. You know, when the NBA people remember, the NBA had some problems. There were some drug issues, there were racial issues, and he said, I'm going to take some of these top players, you know, obviously – you know, Bird, Bird Magic, Magic uh, yeah. Michael Jordan. And he says, I'm going to market these players, which was different than the NFL um, uh, philosophy. The NFL really wanted to market teams still. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the NBA, it worked. And it became a global brand in China and all around the world that these great players, you know, and uh, the became sneakers, names. The sneakers. And the sneakers. And the sneakers. Yeah. I mean, if anybody's seen that movie... Uh, uh, on Nike, that's a phenomenal. I haven't uh, seen it. I, oh, I want to yeah, watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah really yeah. good, really good. Yeah, nice. What's it called? It's uh, um, Air. It's called Air. 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 Right, that's right, what right. it's called. Air, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting movie. Great. So, how many years were you with the NBA? I, I well, actually, collectively, I started my career started, in the NBA. You started, but you went back. I was I was on the front end of the NBA. I was I was part of the developmental league called the CBA. Yeah, CBA. And then on the back end of my career, I was on the retired. <laughs> okay. So collectively, it was about a decade, and um, really some incredible times. I I'll, if I I'll give you a couple anecdotes that are really yeah. fun. So my first meeting, I walked. I you know I've been a councilman here in New Orleans. Yeah. I thought I was hot, you know, to do okay. And I walk into my first meeting with the with the NBA retired players, and I look in the in the hallway, and there's Bill Russell. Mm-hmm. All right, and I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, I'm the new CEO. I got to go introduce myself. So I I go sit next to him, uh-huh. and I start talking to him. I'm you know I'm the new CEO. Just got hired. Da 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 doesn't say a word, doesn't look at me, doesn't say a word. So I go back and tell my chairman of the board, I said, I don't know, maybe this isn't the right deal for me. He goes, Bill Russell didn't even acknowledge me. And he goes, Arnie, what ear were you talking to? (laughs) And I said, well, I think I was talking to his left ear. He goes, no, he hasn't heard out of that ear in 25 years. And uh, so that was a funny story. And, uh, 
and there were some other. I will tell so you. So you got to know Bill Russell, though. So, I mean, I mean I get, uh, yeah. I mean, I got to know some of these guys better than others. And, I mean, there were some wonderful guys, okay? Uh, you know, players that everybody would know that were really incredible human beings. And then, like, in every walk of life, I mean, there were some people that weren't so nice and weren't so good. But, sure. you know, they were still obviously great basketball players. Sure, sure. Yeah. You ever play basketball? I did, yeah. You I played did? played through high school. Uh-huh. Um, wanted to play college. Thought I was going to play college. But uh, I think they decided that a 6'3", uh, can't jump shooting guard probably wasn't good enough for Division One <laughs> right. college basketball, yeah. so that ended that. Yeah, yeah. I I always played in those six feet and under leagues. Oh, you did. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you but, dominated those leagues. Uh, I was uh, I was those I was a shooting guard. In all okay. Those teams. I was a shooting. Guard. I have to go back and find tape on you. And, uh, uh, well, you, know. you might find some. Uh, There's uh, tape on Manny, but not playing basketball. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Plenty of tape. Ask Ron Jeremy. There's plenty of tape on me. <laughs> so, so you you spend uh, a, f- a few more years uh, doing this, kind of you know, living out your basketball dreams, and yeah. then you take another sharp turn in your your professional career. You become the the CEO of, of the of the uh, Jewish Federation of Greater New Orleans. Now, yeah. Well, we had made the decision to come back to New Orleans. Uh-huh. My wife is a um, a developmental doctor over at uh, Children's. Okay. And. Um, so we were coming back. The good, the good news back in, this is 2016, is she had a job and I didn't. Nice. But we wanted to come back to New Orleans. Right. And uh, the Jewish Federation, who I had known and, and uh, for many years, was looking for its next leader and was uh, uh, in the final stages of a search. And I threw my hat in the ring at the very end and was able to get it. And great, really a great job. I retired at the end of December this past year, mm-hmm. but I served six years and... Um, you know, I'm a proud Jew. I mean, I, you know, I... I was going to say, did many, you grow up like in an observant family? I mean, you were all... Uh, my, my grandparents were observant. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents less so. But I'd always had a great affinity towards my faith and uh, mm-hmm. always had a great love for Israel. And um, and it, it was a natural fit. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, we, we did a lot of things that they had never done before. They they had The Jewish Federation has been around for 100 years, right. like a Catholic Charities, like a BCM. But it really was fairly insular. It never kind of went beyond the Jewish community. And I said, we can't do that. If we're, and especially if I'm going to take the job as somebody that was in citywide office, you know, we're going to form relationships in the African-American, Hispanic community. Right. Uh, interfaith marriage is a big issue. Sure. We formed a freestanding center on that topic. Um, so we did things that were fairly non-traditional and they're still continuing today, fortunately. Nice. What's going on in Israel now? They're rioting and all it's that crazy, stuff. Man. It's crazy, man. What the hell is it's, going on there? Netanyahu, he's got to go, doesn't? Don't you think he's got to go? Well, about half he's been com- around. Like all these politicians, they're just too old. Yeah. You know, look at McConnell yesterday. That guy oh, McConnell. I saw. That was scary watching you know, that on TV. He froze for like twenty uh, seconds, man. Yeah, right. And I, I think it's it's going to be a catchphrase. I'm going to give him the the McConnell look. That's going to be a new catchphrase where you just go. Well, you know, I was thinking about all that today and like Biden's age and all these, you know, Trump's age. I was it's thinking term limits, we're going to have like a like a presidential gerontologist, you know, yeah. at some point. It's term it's limits, man. I, yeah, yeah, it's got to be term limits. We've got to get these guys are so fucking old. McConnell's like, 
We need yeah. we need a new. Uh, I was thinking you guys were talking at the beginning of the podcast about Trump's visit here. Yeah, and uh, it wouldn't have surprised me that he went to Cafe du Monde twice. Okay, <laughs> the <laughs> way he, he forgot. Yeah, 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 he forgot yeah. the first time. Uh, so. I gotta go. Well, you already went there, sir. Well, uh, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. You know, but it's crazy going nuts with that with Netanyahu and and, and McConnell and by these guys are just so old, man. Yeah, we need a you know. Unfortunately, I think we're going to get stuck, you know, with Biden Trump as a rematch here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and who 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 will live? Who will live? Well, yeah, well <laughs> it's 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 discouraging. I'm a, you know I'm not afraid to admit I'm a proud Democrat. I've yes, always good. been. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to admit, sometimes with President, and I think President Biden's done many good things in Absolutely. office. Yeah, yeah. But I wish he would have said, you know what? I had a great four years, yeah. and I'm going to leave it to somebody yeah. younger. Yeah. He would. I wish he would have done that. But well, he's, I, he's I, not doing I, that. I no, think he not. just might drop dead, and Camilla will take over. Right. It might be a tough pull, man. Might, <laughs> yeah. might be a tough pull. Yeah, you know, it uh, will be for her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, it's but, just uh, uh, electability is going to be tough there. I think. Yeah. Um, you know, we have crackpots like RFK, you know. Oh, boy. <laughs> Talking about falling far from the tree. Uh, oh, no. Holy cow, man. Well, just when I see a guy of that age that's all, like, muscled up like that, like, obviously on TRT, I just think, you're a fucking asshole, man. No, but I, I, why would I want to listen to somebody that's... What's he's TRT? A, uh, uh, a testosterone replacement therapy. You know, he's, he's there. He's like a 70, or 65-year-old guy or 70-year-old guy, you know, with... Giant packs doing uh, push-ups. You're like, what, what, what's wrong with you, man? I don't know. DeSantis said he could serve for vice president. Did you see that today? Oh lord. That's well, uh, yeah, yeah. Good luck. That that would presume <laughs> that you could actually win for president. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah it's well, what fantasy he, land. Anything is possible. What did DeSantis say about uh, 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 slavery and all that stuff? Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> he was he was saying yes. Well, you know, it's 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 undeniable that certain that slaves could have gained skills that they could parlay uh, yeah. to better them their their futures. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but know. what about all those uh, unskilled people? Do they do do they regret not being skilled, or are, are, are being slaves? They regret not being slaves. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, right, right. No, yeah. he's a, he's a fucking idiot. Um, well, now, now that we've kind of, we've kind of gone through your whole career, yeah. now we're in the present. We have, uh, you know, you you've you've. Uh, de- Decline to stay in the in the political arena here, but we still have uh, we're we're still living in New Orleans. You still love New Orleans. My family's been here forever. I can't leave, but New Orleans seems more challenged than ever. Um, you know, we, we have uh, things that we say we want to do as a city, and then you have city policies that seem to be. Uh, uh, driving in the exact opposite direction. I'm going to make this very concrete. So we all just got our, our new property assessments. So one of my uh, rental properties has a 110% increase in the value of the building year over year from 2023 cool. to 2024. Well, not it's not worth that much. I couldn't sell it for 100% more. I'm uh. just being taxed on 100% more value. Uh. So it's getting to a point w- like with that building where... It will only be, and so we talk about Airbnbs. There's too many Airbnbs. We need more, uh, you know, more housing, more long-term rentals. So this is a policy uh, of of continuously driving up these these assessed values, which is making long-term rent- rental economics untenable. So if you continue this, I will uh, people who have uh, you know doubles and stuff will only be able to make money 
or even afford to to have these rental properties if they run them as short-term rentals. So I don't know what are we doing here, Arnie? <laughs> well, we 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 need to look at the whole system because we are between between the assessments every four years, between homeowners insurance, flood insurance. Right. I mean, we are just pricing people out of our community right now. That's the problem. I mean, look. The three of us love New Orleans. I mean, we're, you know, no, we're... we're not Manning. Oh, two of you don't Manning. love New Orleans. Okay, two. 67% loves New Orleans <laughs> at this right. table. Yeah. And, uh, right. <laughs> but, you know, it's, you know, I say this in the context of, like, crime, for example. There comes a point here when you're, when you're fearful of, of your kids getting harmed and that. No matter how much you love a city, you're going to say, I'm going to leave. And I right. think on the economics, we're approaching that right now. And, you know, I... I I don't have the answer. I know the city council has now said, you know, they want to see the tax commission go back and look at Errol Williams and how he's doing things and what he's utilizing. But something's not right because the real estate market really for the last couple of years has been dead for the most part, Yeah, especially with interest rates the last year right, rising. Right. Um, and, you know, people just can't afford it. I mean, I, I know so many friends that love this city, but they're saying, I, I, I can't live here anymore. I don't. Yeah, and, and, I know and, and a lot you, of people, too. And then you combine that with. With the crime. With the crime. With education the, problems. Yeah. All with, that stuff. It's just at some point, it's too much. Mm-hmm. And look, I, I have kids, you know, my, I have kids between mid-30s and, and uh, in the 20s. And as much as they love the community, you know, we don't pay enough even in jobs yeah. to be able to equalize the cost yeah. of living. So it's, we got to change that. And I think part of it is just leadership. People have to have confidence there's a future here, that there's a, there's a, there's a pathway to making the city better, whether it be crime or whatever it may be. And I think people right now, it's, we're in a, I'll, I'll say this, I, you know, we're, we're in a period where people are really discouraged about New Orleans. And, okay. and we Arnie, need to get better. Arnie, I've been running for mayor yeah. for the last 20 years. Yep. And here's the problem, is that we talk about the same issues every four 100%. years. They come up every four years. And you know what happens? Yeah. Every year, we have Mardi Gras. We have festivals. So it just takes everyone's mind off of the real issues because they'd rather celebrate Mardi Gras than deal with their kids' education. No question. Or the crime and all that. Well, oh, well, fuck, my kid just got murdered. But fucking Mardi Gras on Tuesday. Let's yeah. party. Yeah. Jazz Fest is coming Saints, up. The Saints yeah. is starting Saints. in five weeks. Yeah, it's all that kind of stuff. Well, and that's our, the problem. Our, that is the problem. And our challenge, this is the, and this is the real challenge. We're going to have a mayor's election in two years. Yeah. Is we need to, whoever decides to run, okay, we need to hold their feet to a plan that's not just rhetoric. Because... Manny, when same issues, exact same public education, yeah. economic development, same crime, thing every four years yeah. were the same issues in 2006 when I ran for city council. Yeah. And I don't see any real movement on these issues. I see movement. They've gotten worse. We now have an administration who has less uh, sense of urgency and, and is more unresponsive than any I've seen in the last 20 years. Well, look, I'm. I'm going to say that I I am absolutely not a fan of Mayor Cantrell. I I think she's, I don't think she has the temperament. I don't think she has 
What about the, Sugar the, Ray? The future. Were you a fan of Sugar Ray? Uh, it, you know, at the beginning, yeah. Well, that's I mean, the thing. I think yeah, once his first you, term, once, yeah. Once they get reelected for that second term, that's when it all goes down. It, it's uh, a lot. You know, it is. It's it's. There's like something in the water in the yeah. in the, in the fourth floor of the mayor's <laughs> office. Even mentions many ways. No, no. It's yeah, they you, get corrupted a little bit with power. Yeah. And you're right. The second term, in many ways, they don't care because they're it's yeah, they're it lame ducks. Matter, yeah. to, you yeah. know, to the next they don't thing. Care. But we can't afford that. That's the problem. I was going to ask you why you stay, but you've already explained why you stay for all the reasons that I'm that I stay. Because where else would you go? It's the you know what for all of the negatives, it is the best city in the world. And right. you know, I, I somebody um, I heard speak the other day said this: we are the if you were looking at a pyramid. We're the very best doing the top things. I mean, we do music and culture and food better than any city in America and probably the world. Right. It's that foundation on the bottom that we we, well, you we, also we were do not the good at. Best in murder and the best in non-education. Well, yeah, that's what he's saying. That all, all the, that, the lower yeah. lower but rung the, stuff. But the we foundational yeah, yeah. stuff we just don't do. And if you get a, if you get, I mean, look, cities like Atlanta, which everybody says great. You know, progressive city. I lived in Atlanta. All right, yeah, it's got some really good stuff, but it's boring as heck. Okay, right. it's it's like Disney World in many ways. I want the culture and uniqueness of New Orleans, but I also want a, a roadway that I don't get a pot. You know, I don't you can drive get a down that, right, 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 right. Yeah, that's your. Um, I'm laying the agenda for <laughs> 2024 uh, for you. All right, so Arnie, you're retired now. You have grandchildren. I have three grandchildren. Yeah, oh, really? yeah, and uh, they are wonderful—a love of our life and all of our kids. We have five kids, so obviously our families are. Oh, important. you were busy there for a we, while. Well, we two yeah. of them were adopted, but oh, oh uh, from, I didn't know uh, from that. Ukraine. So oh, yeah, so and you've been a, involved in in and uh, in, in some some stuff. I have uh, been very very active the last two years. Been over there a couple times. Right. Um, very much advocating for Ukraine and why we need to support them and fundraising and and uh, hopefully this terrible war will end by the end of the year. Yeah, but so. um, but uh, no, I'm 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 busy. I you know it's it's funny. I'm like one of those former players that I used to guide because I'm in that gray area. It's like I've never not worked and got to a job at nine yeah. o'clock. You know, but I'm enjoying some of the freedom of that and trying to figure out kind of where do I where, where can I make a difference and. Uh, be it politics, be it something else, we'll see in the next year or two. But, uh, but um, I do love New Orleans more than anything, and want to make this as good a city as it could be. Good luck with that. Yeah, I, I <laughs> no, know. no, absolutely. Uh, yeah, because uh, I'm, I'm right here with you, man. Uh, God, Arnie, what a terrific uh, thing it was for you to come on here, man. I'm, I'm so thrilled to have you as a guest. It's really been an honor. Well, thank you. Thank you both for inviting me. Yeah, in. yeah. I think we're wrapping up, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. It seems like a podcast to me. Yeah. Man. Well, uh, Arnie, as always on the Troubled Men podcast, we like to say trouble never ends. But the struggle continues. There you go. Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night.
Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.